Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm going to ask Luke Owen, have you started your timer? I just started it nice. then. Nice, okay, so this should be a lean 10 minutes. <laughs> Because yeah. Ollie has to go today. Ollie's going studio shopping later. Ollie is Ooh. business, business, business today. Oh, it's, it's not so. It's more like viewing, viewing, viewing. Mm-hmm. Going to check out some new premises. Very excited. This is only really a pod swafter thing, an after swafter. Yes. That uh, that know, the, that knows about this. We don't talk about our potential studio move on the main channel. Oh, but, no. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How, are you excited to see new studios? I'm very excited. I'm, I'm very nosy when it comes to house viewings. I, I hate the process and the logistics side and all the paperwork you have to do for moving house. But man, getting to see places is fun. Well, so there's a house that's just down the road from ours. That's like, it was, it's the exact same layout as our house and they've just got theirs up for sale i really wanted to go and have a viewing just to see what they've done with the place well that because i've looked at the pictures they've done some really inventive things with that space um i would explain it, but you haven't been to my house for a while so i can't really like, i think if i could explain it to you but it doesn't really work essentially they've knocked down one of the walls and t- made the kitchen look so much bigger and they put like a breakfast bar in there it's really like really good use of space i'll show you the pictures later anyway nice. would you like uh, some- well i was gonna just one more thing i yeah. was anytime i walk into like a because this place is unfurnished, it's you know completely stripped bare. So you've got a complete blank canvas. No matter how long ago it is since I've seen this episode, whenever I walk in, I have Kramer's voice from Seinfeld just going, "Levels, Jerry, <laughs> levels," which is where he just he's separated. He's yeah. Even though it's a normal size, you have to kind of duck in just to get his this mezzanine level that he's created. I've never seen Seinfeld. I've never seen all of it. But I watched, you know, like how we would watch stuff as kids where you wouldn't binge watch something because no one really bought the entire home release series. Well, that's because they used to just release like four episodes on VHS. Yeah, it'd be like a best of. Well, no, there was an order, but there were only like four episodes. And you get them in six different volumes. I remember like... like I friends had, used to do that. Yeah, I had so many videos that were just random episodes. Not like four episodes in sequence from these series, but mm. like... Here's just four random South Park episodes. Yeah, right. A South Park, uh, I, someone shared this on Twitter not too long ago. It was a picture of a South Park VHS cover that had three episodes. And I was like, do you remember there was a period in time when we used to buy three episodes of a show? And they'd be like, well, now I own these three episodes. And once you've watched them, you're like, 
that's those three episodes watched. It's Whereas, 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes, right? Like now like you buy an entire season if you're still buying them like, on physical media or you're on Netflix where you've got all seasons at your disposal and you don't have to do anything. Mm, and yeah. like Netflix will just start. You can even skip the intro. The kids these days, they don't know, man. They don't Back know. Back in the 90s, we would just, you know, channel forward or BBC Two back in the day would put on a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode from, I don't know, season two, episode three, and then the next day, it'll be season six. Yeah, just show them out of order. Like, was and then it was also on Trouble, so I'd be watching... It would be all over the place, continuity-wise, which My... probably means why I got into WWE so much, because logic doesn't make sense there. My nightmare of that was... The Spider-Man animated series. Oh, I can never make head or toe of where it was. No, because they were all, a lot of them were always two parters. But like Kit, Live and Kicking would play them all out of order, so you would just get an episode of Spider-Man in there. And the same with me with X-Men, X-Men the yeah, animated yeah. series. It would be like, okay, I'll get home from school. It's X-Men's on. Oh, okay, we're at the end of this epic Jean Grey saga where all the X-Men are transported to this different place that I've never seen before. I didn't even know the X-Men went to space. What's going on here? And next week, it'll just be a normal episode of the week villain monster thing that they had to defeat. I remember that there was a series of Spider-Man episodes when they had all the other Spider-Men from different yes! universes, including one who was an actor who played Spider-Man in essentially our reality. And I was like, it was the final episode of this run. I'm like, what happened? Like, what did I miss? Things really got out of hand fast. <laughs> Where is Spider-Man? But th- Stan Lee shows up. But that's like why TV used to be so episodic, because that's how it was syndicated and transmitted. But these days, technology has forced storytelling to change as a medium and People do consume 10-hour series in three or four binge-watching chunks. So you can have these really complex, multi-layered narratives that run over. You know, I mean, look at Game of Thrones. That's a narrative that's run over 70, 80 hours. You're breaking bads. And that's a very, like, people, from what I've read, are comparing it to, like, the the gold standard of Russian literature in the 19th century, Dostoevsky's and whoever that... FLs. And it's like, that's really exciting to be living through that period now. Why can't WWE do that? Just a little bit. You're not even close, WWE. Well, WWE's always 10 years behind the times. They'll get there eventually. It's like golf. Um, Would you like some correspondence? Uh, I've got here someone who's got a request from the Masters of the Agony Arts. Well, yeah, good, yeah. Well, so this is from Anonymous. Hello, to start off, I'd like to remain anonymous. So my story... This is Vacant. I, I found this... I mean, I can't wait to hear what you think about can, this. Can we, so, rather than use anonymous anymore, vacant is Yeah, okay, so this is from vacant. So my story goes back all the way to the start of this educational year. I was at the introduction week to my university and our group had two parents, which are second year students. My mum was really beautiful, fun girl, was a really beautiful, fun girl. <laughs> I was sold immediately, but I didn't want to go for girls when I just started out in a new city. We had a fun week. Our group and things were looking good between me and her. But in a few weeks and months after, we didn't really talk anymore, and I became really insecure about it. I don't know how or if I should approach her again. I see her about two times a week when going out, but we never talk. Hope you can help. It's pretty eatable, man. So you just got to kill your dad, I think. <laughs> That's how that one played out. Uh, to me, yeah, we, we, we I had something similar. Well, not I, I had a similar parent structure at uni. I never fell in love with them. Mm. Um, and they, yeah, they were only, they were third years when I was a first year. Makes sense. 
because there, there was like 20, 28 people on our floor and two of those were third years just to make sure we didn't burn the place down or just all die of starvation mm. and alcohol poisoning even though they drank more than we did and yeah it really was those first two weeks the freshers weeks where they they're contractually that's their job they have to mind you the most in that bit they were our best friends and they were out with us all the time but after that they just went back to their own friends they've got three two years of university life uh, that they've got on you they're also very busy in terms of getting work done because first year you just have to pass it's very easy which i barely did yeah and second and third year second you like you start oh i have to do some work now and third year you've actually got to make up for all the two years of work because that's the final grade so yeah to me that sounds like you you, you might have mistaken just a nice friendship and for 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 more than that though. perhaps yeah i would agree with what your your assessment of this then you gotta be careful with these sorts of things about getting too infatuated with someone uh, i i had the exact same thing at university in my third year i got really infatuated with a girl who worked at my radio station and i was like just crazy about this girl we hung out a lot she used to hang out at my place i'd sometimes hang out with hers and i was just like i had it in my head of just like well, they've been doing this because she's really into me, right? Because I'm into her. But that's not. She was just a very friendly person and we were friends. But I read far too much into it. And then I became very sad when she started dating someone else from our radio station. I was like, well, what's this dick god that I haven't? And I got myself into this real sort of rut with this. But if I'd have just thought about it sensibly at the start, I'd have been like, well, that was never going to happen anyway, was it? Come on, yeah. think about it. The The best way to approach these things is... If you're hanging out with a girl loads, like, just treat her as a friend. And if you like her, ask her out before, like, that friendship blossoms into a proper friendship relationship. Yeah. And all these infatuations and feelings of love really, like, I mean, you'll probably say this as well. There's, there's like, that kind of love, which is actually quite, like, a quite a cynical kind of love where you just love the idea of someone or there's like the actual nice long-lasting forever kind of love like you've got with your wife i've got with my lady partner where you you love them for who they are and you actually know them so well because you spend the large majority of your time with them exactly so like that's like that's love to me the thing you experienced i'm sorry to say is probably just my puppy love because you, yeah. you don't know, you don't really know them. That uh, yeah, that's exactly it. And I, I think the the friendship route is always where I was kind of like my wife and I were friends for years before we actually started seeing each other. I think like four or five years we were friends, but like really super close friends. Yeah, uh, for a long period of time oh, we okay. really were like because we were all making like short films together and stuff. We were like we were seeing each other all the time and always hanging out. We were just like really really good friends. And then after she moved to London, we stayed in contact for a long time until I changed my number, told her, and she didn't update her phone. And then she was sending me text messages that I weren't replying to because it was to my old number. She's also an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there's there's actually two different things there so you did end up with a friend i ended up with someone i kind of knew but wasn't friends with yes so yours was a positive story yes Uh, okay yeah yeah totally why was yours not well mine was like i know i never i've never really fallen in love with a friend and oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. done done it that way because i think that's yeah yeah well, I'll tell you it's what, uh, let, let's end it there, because sure. we, we've got a, <laughs> uh, a whole Smackdown review to get into, including a bit of a disagreement 
between Ollie nah. Davis and myself no. over someone thinking that something on SmackDown was really good and someone else thinking it was really rubbish and stupid and awful. I think it's just, you know, star, the, the phrase star-making performance was maybe overused. <laughs> maybe that was overused. <laughs> maybe I did Pritchard that a little bit. Uh, but enjoy the show. Well, we're kicking off with the, the announcement that Paige will reveal AJ's SummerSlam uh, opponent next week, which is, you know, not as a big a deal as a Brock Lesnar opponent being announced because AJ's there a lot of the time and he defends his WWE title a fair amount, usually against one person for week after week after week with Nakamura. But he faced Rusev. It doesn't seem to be Rusev because they've just moved away from that storyline. seems to be doing his own Rusev Day breakup thing with Aiden English. There was a segment backstage, wasn't there, where Aiden was trying to ask Lana to, to put in a good word for the Bulgarian brute. But... I cannot wait to see that match on the SummerSlam kickoff show. Ah, oh, no, you don't think, do you? Rusev versus Aiden English on the kickoff show. Oh. Totally, mate. Aiden English is totally turning heel. Well, uh, we've got... So, AJ Styles, who's he going to face? There's a few names, but I think we're both going to go for the same guy. Ty Dillinger, right? Ty Dillinger, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, Ty, yeah, he had yeah. a... He lost today which yeah. which means he's probably being positioned for a, a heel turn and run at AJ and also there's our truths made his return so there's another name that big could, return a, a huge return huge I return. nearly went for my Smackdown review shocking WWE return but I, I went with the Randy Orton thing instead uh, yeah I think that's a slightly bigger news but only just only just because has been out for a while so I, Samoa, Joe, Samoa Joe we're not going to yes. be facetious about it which is a sh- like Samoa Joe versus to say AJ. A shame. N- qualify. Okay, asterisk. Asterisk. Say, man. Very much looking forward to Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. This is a mouth-watering match, which hasn't happened at all in WWE. I don't think so. Because they've always been on Raw and SmackDown. They've all always been on separate rosters, and they've been yeah. kept apart mostly on SmackDown. Joe was in NXT for yeah. a long time while AJ was up on the main roster. Like, he he bypassed NXT straight to the main roster. So, yeah, so maybe they haven't had a match. So here's my asterisk. Oh, okay. I would have preferred Joe to have been built up over the last few months as this absolutely destroying brute force, which he is. Uh, but he hasn't really been showcased. In fact, there'll be stretches of weeks where WWE just seems to forget that they've got a Samoa Joe and they call him up just before SmackDown goes on air and and says, can you just do one of those mobile phone promos for mm, us? Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Send that in. We'll put that just to keep that plate spinning. Yeah, send so, it on Dropbox. So, yeah, I, you know, last week he wasn't even on the show. Was he, was he on Extreme Rules? No. No, he wasn't. So, if, I, I would have hoped that uh, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe, if that is their direction, which was reportedly and rumoured to be the plan, that will be a penciled-in match at SummerSlam for a long time. So why haven't you been building Samoa Joe up more and making him a more featured player on TV if that was the plan? Hey, man, you know, I totally agree with you. I do not think you're wrong. With that said, I do hope it's Samoa Joe because yes. a big, big fan of Samoa Joe. And if those two can be given time, like 20, 25 minutes, they could put on a hell of a match. No, no, you, I mean, you, you suck in wind and you're like... Oh, no, 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 know. that was an excited Oh, suck right. In. I thought you meant like... I mean, they're never going to... I was like, oh, I'm preparing myself. I'm bracing. I think it was like a builder walking around going, I mean, it's not going to be what you think it is. No, um, it was... Uh, Oh boy, boy <laughs> howdy, that sounds good. Yeah, no, because I think that'd be amazing. Likely they'll, they'll get 15 minutes, but even so, they could probably get a really good match out of 15 minutes because it's Samoa Joe versus AJ 
styles. Like I've I've been a big fan of these guys for you know a long long time now. I think they'd be I think they'd have an amazing SummerSlam match. It'll be you know it won't be the main events. It'll be third from the top or middle of the card or something like that because that's the way they treat the WWE Championship. It is a mid-card title on a dual-branded show. Not the Universal Championship, which is never around. It's like what the Intercontinental title used to be. Yes. It? Yeah, pretty uh, much. I, on dual-branded shows. I don't think it's just the uh, the match that's going to be good. I think this would have a cracking build. Yeah, totally. Because Joe just goes into another level when he's put in a good position. He just you know just needs to be put there. Yeah. Uh, like, look at the Great Balls of Fire build for Brock and Joe last year, which was just meant to be a one-and-done thing. Joe got so hot, that feud is largely responsible for turning around the ratings around that time last year, gave them so much momentum going into SummerSlam, and he was added into the four-way main event off the back of it. Absolutely, but there is one more name that we could possibly discuss as a potential candidate for AJ Styles's WWE content, WWE Championship contender. Well, I've got two. you got two, got, have you? Well, I've got three, but none of them's really that serious. Which are the other ones? Rusev, yeah. because they'll just do the same thing again. Mate, he's got his kickoff show match. He's, he's going to be busy with that, lad. Uh, and Daniel Bryan. He's going to be busy with The Miz. Well, yeah, but maybe they'll keep that spinning in the background too. I think The Miz, if he's not re- he says that he's more than likely re-signing, but if he's not re-signing in September, they're going to want to do that match before he goes. Yeah, so Brad Shepard reported Brian had signed a three-month extension and there's two years on the table after that. Mm. Whereas Dave Meltzer has, has reported since, nope. No, there's been no movement on that. And I think Brad Shepard has even gone back on it and said, like, oh, I, I might have misheard. Mm. Mm. Uh, and the, the last one was Almas. And that's the, one name I was, that's the name yeah. I was going to bring up as well, because Almas had a great showing on SmackDown this week. I got, you know, me, you both, got some tweets from uh, SWAF Nation members before SmackDown went on air because Paige announced on Twitter that... The future of SmackDown Live has been asking for a match. He's been asking for a big match, like we all have. And he's going to get it. And he had a match tonight against AJ Styles. It was going to open the show. And we all went, hey, just before I went to bed, I was like, hey, lovely stuff. After months and months of doing Nouts, and when you were on the show, you were still doing Nouts, this is a big old match to showcase Almas. So that's, that's part one of this. Part two of this is that this match was designed to put Almas over in defeat and make him look like a credible star. I think that was their intention, and I think it worked as well, but not as good as it could have done, because Almas tapped out. Nelly over here. Almas tapped out so quickly because AJ had been working over the leg. But I didn't really see the bulk of AJ working over the leg because that came in the commercial break shrink screen that I didn't see. So when Almas tapped out at the end, I was like, oh, okay, that was a bit quick and, you know, no Zelina Vega interference or anything. Uh, that's that's a bit of a shame. But I, And it was only after the fact, reading other reports, that people were like, oh, AJ was working over the leg. You just didn't see it as a TV viewers at home. So I thought that was that was a bit of an oversight. But at the end of it, I was worried this was just going to be AJ beating an opponent of the week. But at the end of it, I do think it brought Andrade into that mix, yeah. which I'm very happy about. What I really liked about this match is that it was, I thought the calf crusher spot, when he locked in the calf crusher, it came out of nowhere and Almas tapped out to it. But it was almost like they told the story, it was like, if this, had, if this had been a different day, 
then it could have been Almas's it could have been Almas's win because he did he got some great near falls throughout the match. AJ is such a great babyface and yeah. such a good wrestler that he can make people look incredibly like you know make people look credible even though he's beating them. I think he's such an incredible worker. Oh yeah, and Almas is it's one really, of the best in the world. Absolutely, and Almas is so good as well. I thought this was a absolutely just a, a stonking and brilliantly put together. Let's get this guy over. Because the other side of this as well is that when Almas came out, he got zero reaction. Absolutely no one gave a flying F about this guy coming out to face AJ Styles. Not a pop. There wasn't even a buzz in the arena. It was almost deafening silence. By the end of this match, they were popping for his near falls. They were popping for his moves. It was a star-making performance for him. And as you said, it's that. It's a sort of, bear in mind for the live crowds, it's the sort of match that can say like, if he comes out next week and be like, I also want to be in this title contention picture, you'd be like, yeah, cool, because you did take AJ to the limit the week previous. I agree with you, and I do think this has elevated Almas, but I wouldn't call it a star-making one. Look at NXT, the last NXT TakeOver show, and Martin Stone and Oni Lorkin. That... That's, that's, that's a, a sta- very different thing. Dude, that's, that's a star like, making like a performance. Thirteen minute tag team match well, on a takeover show. This exactly. is like this is a fifth, like a what ten minute TV match. Exactly. In the TV time capability you've got, this is probably the best you could do no, no, with that. But you're you're, arg- you're you're arguing for my point. This wasn't a star make star making performance. Makes it sound like you know, what the NXT takeover no, thing. No, no, but but point- I, I understand they put limitations on it, but. You know, to, to have that means it isn't a star making. I think the two me. aren't fairly. I don't think the two are fairly comparable because that, that, well, that's like saying like, well, I mean, if this was on at WrestleMania, it might have been different. Like that's it's, it's a totally different yeah, argument. It's, it's just it's, saying it's not a star making performance. I think I think if Almas comes out next week and he says like, I want to be in the t- a title picture, I want to have the championship match at SummerSlam, it makes him go like, yeah, totally, I could see you having that SummerSlam championship match. Therefore, this worked. It made Almas not just a guy who's having crap matches, well, not crap matches, having nothing matches with Sin Cara or beating jobbers. This was a guy of elevating a guy from jobber status up into the main event level. But I don't, I mean, I agree with you that it's elevated him, but I don't think it's shot him all the way to the main event. I think it did. Like the- but really, like yeah, totally. you, you, would, you would say Andrade is now a credible main event in the mix guy. He took the WWE Championship to the limit. But it in wasn't a, in to a, the in limit. A, I don't know. AJ you sound barely, like a WWE commentator. AJ barely, like, I, you, know, you could have, like, looked at it in the A, like, for the WWE vision, really, haven't you? Like, and this is, like. But so are you Brucing or are you. Maybe, maybe, maybe I am Pritcharding this. Maybe I am Pritcharding this. Maybe I'm just looking at this being like, I, this is a match I really wanted to see. Maybe this is, like, a performance I really wanted to see. I've been wanting to see Al go into this role maybe I am just being completely naive about this and I'm willing to admit that I am but I thought this was a the sort of match that made the guy look hey he was just feuding with Sin Cara now he can be in main event matches against a Samoa Joe against the guest person against X person I thought that I thought it worked I thought it was a step on that that ladder a rung on that ladder it's up. It's not going to turn TV ratings around I'm not saying no, no. that or anything but then, then again neither are only Lorkin and Danny Birch no, no, but like in terms of winning over the crowd, I don't. They totally, I think he totally won over the crowd. But as I just said, he got zero, star he got a zero reaction though. when he came. Okay, but to say that though, Danny Burch didn't get a reaction when he came out at NXT the other week. But so at the end, was, they, they, you can't say that was a star making performance, can you? Which well, is at the end of that taping. Every, sorry, at that ta- at that match, everyone was up and like giving a stand ovation to those two guys in the ring. Cool. This that didn't happen here. To to not even. A, a remote degree. They were just like, yeah, that was good. Like when he did the, I get, and like I am sounding down on this. But you really I, are. I, but no, no, it's only because you framed it as this star-making performance for Almas. 
I thought this was really good. I, but I, I, there is a lot of work that still needs to be done for him. I, I disagree. I think that the WWE uh, audience and the WWE mindset is so like sort of narrow-minded. They kind of like they train your uh, train your brain to kind of forget everything that happened previously. That almost like this is a quick turnaround thing. This is like this is the opposite of what they did with Jinder, where Jinder went from a jobber to WWE champion. It was like that a bit soon. But this was like what we were saying. If you'd have built Jinder up in that performance, and then he won the title, and then you're like, cool. So you kind of like take him on this journey. This is, I think, building him up into that journey. Do you think you would be saying this if you didn't have the NXT knowledge behind you? Yeah, totally. Really? Absolutely. You didn't know who Almas is. You you only watch SmackDown. You don't even know what NXT is. Yeah, so, well, it's it, where we always said about um, John Cena's United States Championship um, open challenge that he used to do. When he used to, like, mid-cards would go up against him and they'd have these awesome matches. You were like, that guy is so much more over now than he was before that match. Almas is now so much more over than he was before this match. I think he's more over. I do, it's just like okay, we're not. We're just going to keep butting heads here. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps star making was a um, a hyperbolic phrase. Okay. Uh, but it's it's weird because as this match started, I was like, "What? This is classic WWE." we me and Luca here saying we want Andrade in a better position. So like, okay, main event. You know, like here, here he is getting a shot of the champion. I was like, are oh, you giving us too much too soon now? Oh I my God, the- you are the hey, worst. Hey, hey, hey. You are the worst. You've got you to gotta hear me out. But by the end of it, I was like, you know what? This is this worked really well. This was a good decision. Man, you're I was taking you reaction. on my journey there. I was taking you on my journey. Uh, you are exactly what YouTube comments think I am. Star making. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so gonna. we're both going to pick Samoa Joe, though. Yes, we're going to Samoa Joe. No matter Joe. how much yeah. we just talked about, Almas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The show opened with a, a video package recap of Nakamura and Hardy, which uh, in the WWE video package way made it seem a lot more epic. Well, yeah, I, Brian Alvarez made an excellent point on Twitter today, which we're going to talk about when we get to the main event of this show, was that if they had done this SmackDown main event show on the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, there wouldn't have been so many people going like, that was a bit of a lame duck pay-per-view. Mm. Because yeah. that, that would have been like a really cool... Because Orton looked so much better here than he did on the pay-per-view, as did Hardy and Nakamura. That's a good point. Yeah. I, as, but I, as much as I loved that low-blow finish, mm-hmm. though, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this started off with a Jeff Hardy promo in the ring. So he gets his whole Jeff Hardy entrance and he's got the face paint in. Kind of looked like a frog. Do you well, think? My big takeaway from this is that this might be the shortest opening promo in wrestling history. You know, like when wrestling, like wrestling promos to open up shows go like, you, OK, well, this is the first 10 minutes of this show sorted out then. By like four minutes into the show, this was over. And I'm like... Hey, more of this, please. This is great. It was more entrance than words, yeah, right. sure. It was kind of like, well, I guess Roman Reigns and that Undertaker promo where he just didn't say anything for ages. Yeah. That would be the most concise promo. But in terms of like not getting paid by the minute, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's in and out. Uh, so the, uh, yeah, but I, I, Jeff Hardy's still got this weird yelping thing going on. At the top of the ramp when he comes down, it's like, woohoo, yeah! Yeah. And then at the end of the promo, he just goes, woo! Yeah, but not like, in a Ric Flair way. He's just like, a- have a great night. Yeah. It was more or less like, enjoy the show. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this. It was a short promo. He kind of like, you know, made references to, a, to appeal to the smart fans by saying delete and obsolete and broken and all this sort of stuff. And uh, I wonder if they are going to be leading to a, a, a lot of people are speculating they might do a Brother Nero style Jeff Hardy on SmackDown away from hmm. the Woken Hardy gimmick over on Raw. But, you know, whether they do or not, I don't really mind that much. But what I really liked about this is then cut to Nakamura backstage, yes. who cuts this promo calling him a sad clown. And now he's got my new favorite catchphrase of Nakamura, which is, God bless America. Mm. And he just skulks away. It really made me laugh. He's so good. Yeah, Nakamura was joking about Hardy crying. <laughs> and he's just, he's just got such this amazing villain face yeah. now. That's uh, wonderful. Yeah. And yeah, Rene held a microphone. Yes. And then we got the AJ Styles and Andrade Cien Almas match, mm-hmm. which... Uh, we won't get into again. And then, that, this is when we got Aiden English walking backstage. He's looking very sheepish. And he asks a uh, non-Russian Lana. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know where she is week to week. Mm. It's almost like, is Nia Jax a babyface or a heel? It's, is she Russian or is she CJ Perry? What is the function for her in this story? We will change her character Pretty to much fit it. this square hole. Yes. Uh, and Aiden is asking Lana to apologise to Rusev for him because... He was the guy in the AJ Styles title match at Extreme Rules who exposed the turnbuckle that led to Rusev's loss. Behind Rusev's back, he thought he was helping him, but he ended up costing him the match. Certainly did, yeah. And he said that he's always had his back and all he wants is a second chance. But Lana says to him, "Is like, I'm not sure you're the best thing for Rusev. 
And I do think this is going to be leading to an aid in English heel turn, while well, staying as a heel, to lead for, so Rusev can go babyface. Yeah, she said four, four, four months too late. She'll take it under consideration, Lana said. Yeah, which is a, is I wonder a... if that, is that a jab at uh, the AJ, uh, the Shane McMahon thing? Remember when he was like uh, duly noted when people were chanting Rusev Day? Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, I hope I st- I've still got hope that they'll stay together as a unit and just go babyface. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to as well, but I think they are tr- they're sowing the seeds. Trouble is brewing. Um, mm. It's and- been too long. Yeah, there's, this yeah. is like the third time it's been tensiony. Yeah, because they were teasing this tension when Lana showed up with her Happy Lana Day um, t-shirt, but that then went nowhere because she got into a dancing feud with Naomi. Um, do you want to talk about this next bit? I bet you're over the moon. Uh, over the Ember Moon? Yeah. Um, so Becky Lynch beat Mandy Rose in a quite short match, tapping her out again. Commentators still putting over this idea that she's been tapping out the SmackDown women's roster. Uh, and this is just another victory on Becky's belt. And then she cuts a promo afterwards, given some mic time, to be like, hey, I think I now deserve a title shot. Which, good promo. Good promo. And a valid point. She's been winning loads. She's on a bit of a winning streak. She's calling herself Becky Balboa. I mean, it's winning against the same two people. And the Iconics. And occasionally the Iconics, yeah. Absolution and the Iconics. Absolutely. But, you know, she, so she um, said all of this. Cut backstage. Paige was watching this on the screen like a normal person because you couldn't see them. I mean, we assumed she was watching this promo because we couldn't see the TV. How was I, how am I as an audience member supposed to know what she's watching? I was really confused. So confused. I thought, like, is the, are these two segments connected? Oh, I thought she might be watching something from that film that she's starring in. Where yeah. she was, maybe she was watching that clip that she kept showing over WrestleMania weekend. Paige, yeah. Paige, yeah. I, she's just, yeah, she's just watching bits from Fighting with My Fans. Family. Yeah, or she was watching anything on the WWE Network. She might be watching that Table for Three episode yeah. with Pritchard and Bischoff that I'd imagine is awful to watch. <laughs> but Paige is putting Jim Cornette in that little threesome as well. Oh, it's worse. It's JBL. Yeah. Oh dearie me, that just sounds like half an hour of utter nonsense. It sounds yeah. like it would be virtually unwatchable. But anyway, Paige is watching backstage. Carmella walks in and she brags about the fact that she's beaten Charlotte twice and she's beaten Asuka twice, which seems so damaging to both of those people and um Paige says that she's going to make a match next week for becky lynch and carmella if becky can win then she'll get a, ch- a championship match at SummerSlam. so we've got the old if you can beat the champion in a non-title match you get to face the champion in a title match i never like that no, I'm not the biggest fan. Because of that. then you just do the same, you know, you've got the same thing twice. Wouldn't it be better if you're building up the title holder and then you're building up the challenger independently and then they finally clash at the pay per view and they're both strong? No one's lost to either. Well, I think we're going to get some Ellsworth, Ellsworth screwiness next week. Do you think? Do you think Ellsworth is around? Well, that was the rumour, wasn't it? That, uh, Dave Meltzer reported that Ellsworth isn't really under contract mm. with them at the moment. He's just doing sort of like a per-appearance thing. But I wonder if, because he's got all the history with Becky already, yeah. pre- like from his previous run, and they've got, you know, he's been teamed up with Carmella, he's been a thorn in the side for the SmackDown women's division, whether they are going to do some sort of either a three-way at SummerSlam or a handicap match of Carmella and Ellsworth against Becky Lynch. You know what we should probably start considering as well? With the build-up to SummerSlam now. The road to SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. The beach concourse to SummerSlam, to yep. keep it more thematically consistent. Is, there's usually a superstar shake-up the night after. No, there's an NXT call-up. The, they don't do the superstar shake-up until after. Did they Rest- not do that? No, there was rumours they were going to and they didn't. But they do do NXT call-ups. Which is so amazing. The which is amazing to think, because 
we've only just had a load of NXT call-ups and it feels like they've only just started doing something with them. Mm. And we're going to get some more. You're right. Yeah, You're we- right. There was no... It was just Bobby Roode appeared, didn't he? A wild Bobby Roode. Yep. Then Asuka as well appeared a few weeks later. That was weeks later. Survi- Yes, yes, it was. It was a TLC, I think, she mm. debuted or whatever it was. So, okay, maybe... Okay, shut shut up, Ollie. <laughs> well, I mean, my takeaway from this, aside from the fact that, A, Becky's getting a push, way this is brilliant, she'll probably get a title shot at SummerSlam, it really says a lot about the booking of Asuka when her name was barely mentioned mm. on this show. Yeah, that was yeah. very unfortunate. Wasn't it just? I mean, she yeah, get her back to Raw, I guess. It's oh. weird how SmackDown can... You don't think of SmackDown as a show that kind of ruins talent, but in that women's division, they really are sacrificing all to Carmella. Yeah, God, and to Carmella of all people as well. Hey, she's blonde. Yeah, I guess so. So uh, backstage, speaking of wild things appearing, a wild R-Truth appeared. Biggest news of the show should have kicked off with it. Pretty much. R-Truth is... I guess back. I missed him. <laughs> he did some comedy with Ty Dillinger. Kind of walks in, like, say, and Ty Dillinger thinks that he's saying hello to him, thinks he's talking to him, but our truth isn't really saying things to Ty Dillinger. So he's saying, what? Yeah. What are you saying? And then Ty walks off and turns around and he's on his, uh, he's got an earpiece in because he's on his phone. And he's like, oh, I'll speak to you later, mum. Hey, Ty, come back. And then it was. I said something, something, not Samoa Joe, but I. I watched it three times. I can't <laughs> figure out what what he meant to say. I have no scoop. It's like I said, Shmama Nama, not Samoa <laughs> Joe. Like Samoa what? Shlam? I've Did he no say Shama Shlam? But either way, this led to a Samoa Joe Ty Dillinger match, which uh, Ty like attacked as soon as the bell started, and they kind of brawled to the outside a little bit. Joe locked in the clutch, and he won. Short match. Yeah, uh, Joe. I mean, it's this was a because Ty looked good because he went straight for Joe. And I don't feel like... Because, you know, Dillinger's at, at that certain level. And he just looked like a, a plucky baby face who's going to take on the main eventer bully. But ultimately, the main eventer bully is Joe, Samoa Joe, so he's going to kill you. And even though Joe only got the last 10% of the match, it was a short match, and Joe looked really good in it, just choking yeah. him out. So I thought this was very effective. Yes. And, you know, potentially, this is the start of the build... For Joe versus AJ. Yeah, and on that as well, with like, although Ty Dillinger was getting a lot of shots in, it wasn't like Dillinger was dominating. He was just getting lots of shots yeah, in, and Joe yeah, was yeah. taking them and being like, oh, uh, get away. Yeah, yeah like swat- a Godzilla bat- swatting a fly. Exactly, yeah, sort of batting him away, then locked in the clutch to, to finally put him down. And uh, Ty did a great tap out spot as well, where he was just like, it was like last bit of energy to, to tap out. Uh, we then got The Miz holding a eulogy or a funeral for Team Hell Known. He came out with some coffin bearers and they had this little table with a mannequin head which was wearing the cane mask and hair and he had pictures of them in the ring and he came down. But I really, really liked about this. The first thing he said was like, tonight is not about my reality TV show, Miz and Mrs, starting on <laughs> July 28th on the USA Network. Nor is it about me being in the celebrity baseball softball game where I was MVP. No, tonight's not about that. I just thought it was really. No, it great. was a great way to open this segment, and he delivered it perfectly. It's so good. And you, you, if you watch this segment back, when he says the Mister and Mrs. bit, the crowd pop because <laughs> it's just so well delivered. Like, whoa, you made a good joke. I loved uh, this. And Miz walking down to the ring, very you know sour yeah. face because it's a, a somber occasion. This eulogy, and he's even shaking the hands oh, of fans hands as he goes down. Like pretty sad. Like it is sad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like you really would at a sort of funeral. Absolutely, or yeah. Um, but he said that it's all over <laughs> for Team Hell No, and he asked for people to stand up. 
even quotes NSYNC. Yes, he does. Yeah, the times go bye, bye, bye. Yeah. Um, and he asks the crowd to stand up and give them a moment of silence. And then they don't. Instead, they start chanting yes. And he's like, in hindsight, a yes chant would have been more appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, I really like that. Uh, and then he says that and this was a great line where he said, let's be honest, Daniel Bryan's return since his retirement has been a complete bust. And I was like, yep. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, Miz. Yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong. It's been OK. <laughs> yeah. And OK really is the highest praise you could possibly give it. Yeah, it's kind of like the the comeback you would want for a guy who's well past it and coming back after, you know, when he's 60. Yeah. You know, put him in a a nostalgia tag team with a guy who can do the work uh put him in like a little feud with a big guy yep that's nonsense rather stuff. than why we got multiple shows of him and big Cass and that wrestlemania tag team match forgotten about the big Cass. Oh, i mate, forgot was that was a thing months and months of that um but but anyway. I, I liked how he framed it all around it's like a a greatest hits comeback tour and no one wants to hear it I love that no one's buying the album and uh, Daniel Bryan's music hits and all the Paul Bearers all of a sudden start like taking off their shirts because they're all NXT wrestlers I guess it's a ruse it's a ruse but he comes out from the he comes out from the blindsides Miz and he attacks him from behind Miz escapes but he lays out one of these coffin bearers it was it was brilliant and it was like he just got up onto the turnbuckle and he looked mean at Miz and Miz looked mean back at him and I was like this is a solid opening chapter to to this build towards SummerSlam. Yeah. Loved. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Absolutely no complaints. We're fine. I mean, we've got to be, right? We're finally getting Brian versus Miz. It's one of the best told stories over multiple years in WWE. But, like, both guys are over in the way they should be over. Miz yep. as a, a we love to hate him and Brian as we just love to love him kind of way. WWE's hand has been forced by Brian's retirement to keep this drawn out. And they did, credit to them, this wasn't the first thing that they rushed Brian back into. They've held it off until the big SummerSlam payoff. Really good stuff. And to my knowledge, this is the first time Brian has struck Miz in that run-in. Because in the, the last, the only other time I can think of was in that terrifically booked gauntlet match oh, yeah. where Miz just ran in on an already knocked out Brian, hit his finisher and won. Yeah. I forgot about so, that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but I don't want to see them get physical again until SummerSlam. It's just got... And the promos are going to be amazing. I was going to say, WWE, if, if they could do one thing brilliantly, it's a video package. They're going to be able to put together an amazing video package. Because you go all the way back to Brian in NXT when Miz was his oh, mentor. Yeah. So, like, Forgot about that, how far back it goes. It goes actually. back. Brian's very first day in WWE was with The Miz. So it's like this wonderful story. His first They have lucked into this. Uh, the first bit of gold Daniel Bryan captured was off the Miz. There's so much story you can tell from there, including things like Miz then going on to become a main eventer, Bryan going off in this direction, and then Miz going in this direction, and Daniel Bryan going on to be a main eventer and all this sort of stuff. There's a really lovely story you can tell within this video package. Yeah. That's gonna capture like, you know, ten years worth of storytelling. And and what I what I really hope is because both guys can do comedy and serious at the same time. I know, like, you get Miz, serious. I think it's kind of easy to forget those Talking Smack promos he would do. I was going to say, that Talking Smack promo was one of the best things. That's what has turned the Miz around in the last two years. That's really pushed him into what one of the, the, the most beloved guys from fans like us. He's just such a solid performer. And it made Talking Smack a must-watch show. Like yeah, pro- him and Daniel Bryan. Like yeah. prior to that, Talking Smack was like, oh, you should watch it because they, they, some people did some really good promos on there, you know, because it's unscripted. You mm. can go, the characters get to do a little bit more. But that 
Daniel Bryan and Miz moment, that was like, you know, it made news. When people were like, you need to watch Talking Smack because yeah. the promo that Miz cuts is so good. And then after, and I think that's what Talking Smack really built itself on then, was trying to do these sort of moments to make you want to tune in and watch it. I really do think that WWE getting rid of that was a massive error. Really yeah, do think it was a definitely. massive error. Or at least they should have incorporated it into the main SmackDown show. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I... Uh, yeah, so Miz can do the comedy. I'm, I think there's some scope for a total Bella's Ball S-word revival yes. with the Daniel Bryan and Bree side of things. And they can be like, oh, birdie, you're so cute, and yeah. just like make fun of them that way. Go after Daniel's family. Yeah. And then in the two weeks before SummerSlam, you switch that, you flick that switch, go full-on serious mode and... Yeah, I, I'm. I can't wait. And not only that, but you can have the Miz and Maurice doing skits of Total Bellas, and you can have Daniel Bryan and Bree doing skits of Miz and Misses, and do it that way instead. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. do that as you said. Like there's sort of two weeks of comedy, and then two weeks of serious. Get serious, son. Like Austin and Bret Hart, you know, and just and do it that way. I think that'd be really cool. Unless I've just thought. Yeah. Miz and Misses is debuting soon. Are we going to get a mixed gender tag match? What at SummerSlam? Oh, I didn't think of that. It's WrestleMania all over again. Oh, but Daniel Bryan can't propose this time. We can't get that proposal in the middle of the ring. Oh, I mean, don't you? That's. Now. <laughs> I, I, I was so excited, and as we were talking about that, I thought, oh no, they could, they could do it. <laughs> you know, if that that could work though, if that is like the first, like you said, the first chapter, and then you get the huge payoff at Survivor Series. But me personally, I think. I think that would be harder to do. I think this is the the better the the straight way is the way to do it. I think we should heed the words of Daniel Bryan in his Gorilla <sighs> Position interview. What in the last few years has made you think that WWE can do long term storytelling? <laughs> Let's have hope. <laughs> Kofi Kingston taking on Eric Young next for a pretty decent match. Yeah, well, I thought this was the total opposite to the Styles and Almas match. In that, while that one was all about let's get Almas over in defeat, this match did not get Eric Young over, even though he in won. In victory, yeah, yeah, yeah because, an interesting point. Because Kofi, like, more or less took the whole match, and the only reason he lost is because of sanity interference, which does nothing for Eric Young, it does nothing for sanity, and it does nothing for Kofi either. Mm. So I, I thought this was a bit of a dud. It was a good match, like, the wrestling, the in-ring action was good, but in terms of what I guess it was set out to accomplish, it didn't really work for me. Yep, I agree with that, but... I, I I think I enjoyed the match a bit more. So I yeah. was well. Kofi's so it. good. Yeah, he, he had some really good spots as well. This belly to I think it was a belly to belly off the top rope, which he yeah. just hopped up onto the top rope for because he whipped Eric Young into the corner, and Eric Young does his big flip over where he like flips and then starts walking along, and mm. he walks across and he started climbing up to attack and look quick as a cat. Kofi was already up there to grab him, did this belly to belly, and he did a wicked flip dive over the referee onto yeah. Sanity as well. Some really nice spots. It just it didn't accomplish what it set out to do. Yeah, and it was Dane punching Kofi behind the referee's back that Eric Young managed no, to capitalize. No, it was even better than that. It was Dane throwing uh, Xavier Woods into Kofi Kingston against the Is that the what ropes. happened? Yeah, so, Kofi, like, so Eric Young was going to throw Kofi Kingston out of the ropes. At the same time, Dane was throwing Woods against it. The two collided. And oh, that's cool. how he hit the ring. It was oh, really, I missed that. Really well timed. That is cool. That is yeah. cool. Uh, and then we got main event time. Just before the commercial break, Nakamura was just looking into the camera with the WWE 
United States Championship in the foreground, looking like an evil mastermind. It was brilliant. Yep. And then we got Jeff Hardy looking like a frog again. And then, uh, yeah, a pretty decent match for the main event. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really like this. Commentators were putting over that Hardy's been having a lot of knee issues as of late, which have been coming out from live reports uh, at WWE house shows. And... It's weird as well because there are times you're like, you can tell that Hardy's been working injured because some of the comeback spots he did were very slow. I mean, when he does like his um, his wishbone leg drop thing he does yeah. when you hold legs, he really only did it off one leg. Like usually he jumps up with both and he sort of like just jumped with one and then put both legs down. It, just, it was a very slow comeback. Mm. But credit to him, he still did the whisper in the wind, he still did the twist of fate, he still did the swan song bomb. He, he can turn it on. When he needs to, when he needs to hit those trademark spots, it's I, yeah, it's an interesting turn of phrase. It's almost like you can turn it on, or is he just turning pain off? I think he's got like that mentality where he's like, yeah, I'm wrestling now, and you, he can't, probably just can't even feel it. He's just like, maybe, yeah, absolutely, because uh, you look at the stuff the guy's done throughout his career. You've got to have that ability to just go, yeah, I'm just going to ignore all the pain <laughs> and fear in my body right now because I'm yeah. a daredevil madman. And Jeff had this match won. He hit the twist of fate. He hit the swan tom. Ref was about to count three. But all of a sudden, Randy Orton, from out of effing nowhere, pulls uh, Hardy out of the ring for a DQ. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was a really good moment. I, yeah. I thought that was... I thought it was really well I, shot. Because I yeah. thought he had it won as well. Or, like, even if he didn't have it won, it was a good near fall. And, yeah, Randy pulled him out. Yeah, it some keeps really, that yeah. stuff going. Really good back and forth action, actually. And, and, and I loved this final moment of this show. I thought this was really cool. Because Orton... Definitely 100% a heel at this point, we're saying. It's just Randy Orton doing Randy Orton things. <laughs> I know. As some might say. But this is one... I, he was acting like a total heel here. This wasn't Randy Orton being a Randy Orton dick. No, he's a tweener, man. This is Randy Orton being an evil heel. He's beating down Jeff Hardy. And he's like holding him by the face. And he's screaming at him. He's like, you want to know why I'm attacking you? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to find out soon. And vintage. And, vintage Randy. And Nakamura Randy. is on the other side of the ring holding his belt being like, uh-oh, yeah. this, this man is very scary. And he's like, like Orton is screaming like, where's Nakamura? Because Nakamura's legged it by this point. He's like, where's Nakamura? And he gets for Hardy and he puts his ear inside Hardy's flesh tunnel and he starts pulling at it. I was like, well, I don't need to touch You said ear. You put, it's, it's his finger. You said uh, Randy put his ear into Jeff's Sorry. flesh tunnel, which he, just seems just a weird sentence. I mean, that's probably a fetish for it, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably like a Craigslist. Put his finger. <laughs> yeah, he put his finger. I mean, this also sounds like it could be on clips for sale. Like finger he put, up his flesh tunnel. <laughs> put his finger through his flesh tunnel. Started yanking it. It was a bit gross. The flesh tunnel, by the way, is the piercing, the large piercing in the, in the lobe of the ear. Yeah. It was... An amazing spot. I've never seen that kind of thing. Just such a small thing, a small detail, and it makes you wince. Like, ooh, gross, oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, Kevin Owens gets chucked off the top of a cage, goes through the announcer's table. I'm like, <laughs> that was a cool spot. I don't wince. But I get, I see this, I'm like, ooh, that looks like it really hurts. Yeah. And I, you know, we rag on WWE's production and Kevin Dunn for their continuous shots of the crowd because it just never well, very rarely works. However, here, they absolutely nailed it because when Randy Orton was pulling that ear, it cut to the crowd and there was a woman looking horrified, holding her own ear, being like, oh, just doing the exact same thing I was doing, wincing and being like, oh, that looks really painful. Yeah, totally. So then when you cut back to Randy Orton and Nakamura, you're like, sorry, Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy, you're like, I feel that pain even more because 
it's emphasised my own viewing perception of this through seeing, you know, a, a, well, in Greek, the Greek theatre, they would call it like a chorus member, just to emphasise what the audience is feeling. Uh, yeah, really good angle. Really yeah. good old school, heel, Memphis territory style beatdown Loved it. And really good. Orton's screaming, where's Nakamura? He can't find him. So he throws Hardy onto the table and he drags him over. Agents and referees run down and he gives the draping DDT onto the floor. I, I mean, I said this in the review. It'd be interesting to see what you think about this uh, particular sentence. I think this three-way feud is possibly one of the best things in WWE right now, if not the best thing in WWE at the moment. I was trying to think if there's anything on Raw that I'm enjoying more than this three-way feud. It's a big, big claim. Uh, let's well, let's go through things. There's, of course, well, anything Seth Rollins does, I'm into. But, but it's not Seth like Rollins well, yeah, it hasn't got a storyline. I was going to say the same about Drew, but that's hasn't got a storyline. So although, like, yeah, individual performers very much into maybe Ronda. This is the best. Yeah, but I'm into Ronda. I'm not so much necessarily into the whole Alexa Bliss, Nia yeah, Jax, yeah, yeah. Natalia yeah, that's side true. of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what? This is this is the thing where all. Th- all people are connecting but i don't see jeff i to me this was um, from what someone reported that ticket drew who's had a few scoops recently he said jeff's out now jeff's jeff's taking it's some like an time off angle. yeah like all oh, the ear gotta have a surgically repaired ear well oh, no, no, the DDT as well but i also wonder if this is going to lead to a triple threat feud maybe after like if you just do nakamura and randy at SummerSlam, but you can still like Hardy can come back and you can like build it around a three-way feud instead. Because at the moment, it's Nakamura and Orton is heel versus heel. Yeah, But when you've yeah, got Hardy in then, you've got like the plucky baby face. Um, it just depends on whether Hardy is working hurt and how hurt he is. Mm. I, it's, if I didn't know anything and I saw this, I would go, well, Nakamura is going to have a US feud with someone else, like a, ba- a mid-card baby face guy, and uh, Hardy and Orton are going to feud. Because that's like a a big time SummerSlam match. Uh, these you know, cause the the WWE legend status of them both. Um, but yeah, I I really feel like Hardy's going to go away for a bit. Mm. So I don't know where they're going, but I'm I'm very interested. I want to see next week. Yeah, yeah, and that's the cliffhanger angle. That's all you can ask for. Absolutely, it's the best thing yeah. a wrestling show can do, really. And the other, the only other thing we we've noted, which is probably the clearest thing that this is not Randy Orton just doing Randy Orton things as a, in a tweener style. No RKO. Second appearance now since he's returned and not hitting the RKO, which is what the fans want to see. Cause that's a, it's become a babyface move. Yeah, yeah. And he's not doing it. So mm. I think this 100% is a heel turn. Mm. And I, I'm all for that, as we were saying on the Extreme Rules review show, that Orton's so much better as a heel. And he enjoys himself when he's a heel as well. Because... Randy Orton is like if he's not enjoying what he's doing, he doesn't put any effort in whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, um, look at the gender feud. So, what did you give this episode of SmackDown? Smacktastic, mate. Really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed the Alma stuff more than you did because I thought it was, it, I thought it was really, really great. Whereas you just thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, it. Like, I, I, I thought it was smacktastic to the show. I feel. Like, well, dude, this is the, it's the bro, the woken Matt Hardy thing that he did at his compound, whatever it was, back in December or January, or whatever it was. When I said it was fine, it was three out of five. But because everyone said it was a five out of five, I looked so much. Fine worse. is different. To, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, no, no my it point. Was fine. My point is me saying it was fine. But because you were saying it's a five out of five, and everyone else was saying it was I a never five said out, it was five out of five. People were then turning on me, saying like, well. You just hated it. But I didn't. I thought it was fine. 
it's the same thing here. Because I really liked it, it makes you seem negative on it when you're not. You're really praising of it. It's just not as praising as someone else's. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Got a couple of Rusev Hayes for Rusev you. Rusev Hayes. Our first one from Tom O'Brien. Greetings and salutations, good sirs. I have a few Rusev Hayes between myself and friends. I'd be, I'd feel honoured to share. I've been trying to get to them to support WrestleTalk, but sadly they are either not interested in wrestling anymore or are just part-timers during Mania season or another Big Four pay-per-view. Sort of like Brock Lesnar of fandom. <laughs> a few years ago, my best mate and I had gone to see The Great American Bash. We had never gone to a pay-per-view before and we were excited to go. Sadly, this was around the time of the storyline of Edge, Vicky Guerrero and her assistant love triangle so it mm. wasn't the best pay-per-view. After the show all my friends wanted to stay so they could meet Edge. Every car that drove by they... Sorry, do you want to say something? No, I was just trying to think. I was trying to think what's the assistant? I was like, I don't remember it being a woman. Was it that that Pedro guy? Was it something... I thought, I thought Edge was the one that was... Oh, Edge was the assistant. No, no, as in, like, Edge was making out with her assistant oh, okay. behind Vicky's back. He was using Vicky Guerrero so he could still be champion because he uh, he wanted, like... Because she was general manager. I think that was the story. Line. Okay, I think I'm getting my affair storylines mixed up. Carry on. Easy to do. Uh, where was I? Every car that drove by, the uh, drove by, everyone would go, Are you Edge? Are you Edge? Someone finally answered, No, I'm not. It was Zack Ryder. I laughed so hard about it. <laughs> Fast forward a few years, and the same friend had gone out for drinks at a local bar one night, and a some fella and saw a fellow with long spiky hair wearing a Zack Ryder t-shirt. Being that this is Long Island at the heights of Jersey Shore fame, the spiked hair look was not uncommon. And who doesn't love Long Island IZ? Calling out to a rant. A fra- Calling out to the fandom is the, in the stranger, he came up behind him and gave him a woo woo woo. The man turns around and it's Zack Ryder again. No way! <laughs> Some people wearing a Zack Ryder t-shirt at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just can't keep their foot out of their mouth. Sorry if this has ran a little long. I hope you enjoyed it. If you guys are interesting, I have two more stories involving me meeting McFoley at a costume contest. Don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it's got to be Zack Ryder. I want uh, more Zack Ryder stories. Wait up for this one. And the time my sister's boyfriend and his dad nearly squared up to the American badass. Okay, well, that one that one sounds good. <laughs> Why not open with that one? Well, because he wants to make fun He's of Zack Ryder, I guess. Whetted our appetite there. He certainly for the has. American badass. Um, I've got um, a two. Do, do, I'm, I'm Zack doing... Ryder, man, what happened there? That he paved the way for being the elite. <laughs> right, totally. Yeah, his videos were so funny because they spoke to fans like you and I. Because he was using terms like that. I remember the one shot of him trying to climb over this fence, and the camera goes like, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "I'm trying to get over." Brilliant. And uh, yeah, this was around the time when I was learning all those words. And the, he had those excellent Dolph Ziggler promo bits where I was like, "Oh man, Ziggler's the best ever." Hashtag heel. Mm. And the bit I remember was just a tiny skip. 10 seconds long, Zack Ryder drawing a big dollar sign, and he just turns to the camera and goes, see, I can draw money. Yes, <laughs> lovely. So funny. Such a good thing. Uh, right, I've got another Rusev Hay here from Cameron Hartley. Hello, lads. I've been a fan for an incredibly long time, since the WrestleTalk YouTube channel was uploading the Finn Martin reports. But I've just never interacted with you through the comments or by email and such. I would become a pledgehammer, but times are tough, you know. Anyway, He's on a with the story. Fan. Absolutely, but the, you know the best kind of fan. He's been here for a long time. On the w- no, I think the best kind's the ones that give us money. <laughs> well, he does by watching. 
Um, well, I suppose they advertise too. But anyway, on the WWE Raw in London earlier this year, I was walking through trying to buy some merch, which I ended up not because they didn't sell any Rusev Day t-shirts. Got to get all those Roman t-shirts. And <laughs> that's, that's the thing. While walking to my seat, I noticed someone very, very famous. It was you guys. What? The one thing that really caught my eye was Luke's hair. Sorry, Luke. I came up and said hi, and then very nervously asked for a picture. I was getting ready for the picture when I noticed that Luke had backed off to the side, thinking I didn't know who he was, which was confusing because Luke looked happier to meet the fan than Ollie did. <laughs> I'm I'm always happy to meet everyone. I'm just my initial facial reaction is terror. <laughs> so it's it's yeah, it's a confusing confusing time for me in those moments i got the picture and then walked away with the reddest face i've ever had i'm oh. sure you met a lot of fans at that show so to specify i was the one wearing the enzo amore jacket here's the picture we took enzo amore jacket. yeah do you remember we commented oh saying, it was like, in the oh yeah like you want to get rid of that yeah I, I, I did say like well that's brave to wear because this was around the times before the allegations had been dropped i do remember that that was in uh that was in the foyer bit it was indeed that's yeah. when you were trying to work out what to do with your parking yeah. and that's why we might have been a, not like standoffish but a little bit like confused when you came up to ask for a picture because you were worried about where your car was parked and how much it was going to cost And how much it's going to cost you. Turns out I parked in the wrong place and it cost me loads. <laughs> so all's well that ends well, I guess. So thank you very much, Cameron, for that email. Just checking the timer. I've got enough time for a WrestleTalk Get Better Ooh. from Connor's Cure Karan, who is one of our, um, or mm. Curran maybe, who is um, one of our pledge hammers. Hey, he's Luke. nothing to do with Connor's Cure. It's no. just his name. It's just yeah. his cure. Just to clarify. Hello, Luke, Brackett, and Ollie. Another pay-per-view, another update. Unfortunately, my weight loss has come to a plateau, and although they are of the highest form of flattery, it's quite disappointing. This is his WrestleTalk Get Better for this month. I had set a goal to be under 100 kilograms before my birthday, but unfortunately, I've been stuck at 104.5 for about a month now. So as a result, I decided to up my wrestling training. I'm going to be doing two days a week from now on, after previously training with the mod father, Flash Morgan Webster, mm. Last month. Got, a, got his t-shirt up here. I certainly have. Trying to sort out my diet by drinking more water, less soda, and eating less cake. I mean, those will be an issue. You've got to cut out the liquid calories. Yeah. That's, that's the first thing that should go. Yeah. But as soon as you've said in the past, working in an office makes this hard. People just bring cakes in yeah. all the time, not to mention birthday cakes after a big wave of recruitment. New starter cakes, promotion cakes. Mm. My less than 100 goal has been moved to September 30th, the date of the London Progress Show in Wembley, where I hope to meet you both and share some good news. Let's hope Extreme Rules delivers tonight. It didn't. Swap Nation, <laughs> better than Cultaholic. Regards, Pledgehammer, Connor's Cure, Curran. We're coming for you, Cultaholic. So that was oh, a really well nice done. email. So uh, Yeah, but absolutely, man. At least you haven't gone... With all that cake, you haven't gone any further upwards. Yeah. So plateauing is probably the best you could hope with all that cake around. Plateau, plateauing happens as well. And yeah. you've got you've got a plateau before you break through it. It's never going to be a steady line of progression upwards. It's going to be more like a, a sort of weird sloping step thing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, where it'll go up and then it'll level off and it'll go up. So you just need to break through that. I can't recommend enough. It's the cheapest diet in the world. Fasting. <laughs> Honestly, just... Just it download the audio book. Huh? Drove you insane. Oh, man, that was a three-day fast. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying, like, only eat between the hours of midday and 6 p.m. So you just kind of skip breakfast. And you can eat whatever, like the Butterfield diet. Bom, 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 <laughs> You can eat whatever you want. <laughs> Birthday cake. Pork ruffs. Bom, uh, bom, bom, bons. We've got... Mystery uh, meat. <laughs> do you want a Poetry Corner submission? 
Uh, only if it's the one I think it is. It is. Uh, I can do that one as well, but I wanted to read this one out as well. Because well, I need this to one go. is from Adam Emond, who was the lad who submitted to us Haiku. Ah. So, yeah, we haven't debuted him yet, but he's, he looks fantastic. Uh, 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 Lewis Tiller has drawn him for us. The Up character design Lou. looks great. So Adam Emon sent an email in, although it opens by suggesting that we passed on Haiku, which we didn't. We did sign. We totally signed him against some stiff competition. Yes. So Adam Emon has sent in his Poetry Corner submission. You made a mistake back when you passed on Haiku. He's coming for you. Get it? A promo from a crap gimmick Haiku. And it's a haiku. Ollie Davis says, it's always funnier when you explain the joke. Nice. That's good. <laughs> He's very good at these haikus, yeah. old Adam. Like uh, it's, it's the, we even said it's the perfect crap gimmick submission. <laughs> I know. There was not an ounce of fat on it. It was ingenious. Yes. Um, right. Uh, let's see. You do have to go, but we have still got two minutes left on the clock. So I am going to read out this last Poetry Corner submission. Hi, guys. I work for an up-and-coming wrestling website. <laughs> one I think you'd really like. If possible, please give a shout-out to my boss, Ollie Davis, for all his really great work. And let him know I'll be around on Friday to write a new script. <laughs> Having disappointed you with Are my... we not allowed to say his name? Oh, I'm going to. It's Randy Datsun. He's one of our um, He's like one of our key writers for the website. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, he really what, is. What should we... Co- we haven't... He hasn't got a nickname, though. He needs a gimmick name. He does. Well, I mean, I just call him Datsun around the office. I think the Swaft Nation should decide Andy Datsun's WrestleTalk rebirth name. Well, you've got some bit of time to email in, but we are going to record the Wednesday, uh, the Saturday episode tomorrow. So if you can try and get your email in submissions quickly, we can read some out on Saturday's podcast. Having disappointed you with my last email, this is back to Datsun, I thought I'd make up for it with an actual poem. One I thought of about... Okay, you know what I said that he humble bragged earlier week when he was like, sorry, I wrote the script while I was in a villa in Croatia? Yeah. He's done it again here. One I thought up in about seven minutes at 1am in a Croatian villa. Anyway, by, it, it's great, by the way. Thanks for asking. It's a poem that's called The Main Event. Mm. Every show should have a match that makes a brand a new star. Like Almas. From early days in NXT, you can't believe they've come this far. Hours in the performance center, meticulously honing their trade. Dreaming of that shining moment when a new name can be made. Dozens fall at the first hurdle, but they still battle on. Through losses, pain, and injury, the dream is never gone. They've made it to the main roster, Triple H has given the nod. Meaning all of their heroes, even SmackDown commentator, Todd. Despite several setbacks, the crowd give them grief. There is no point that that uh, there is no point they lose any say belief, uh, any self belief. Sorry, <clears throat> I'll try this again. Despite uh, uh, where am I? Years go, hearing <clears throat> <laughs> <Deary> me. <laughs> Years go it's a very long poem. Years go by and step by step they travel up the ranks, tagging with the Riot Squad in the nineteenth rerun of that match with Bailey and Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Squash that in there. But these matches are nothing. They know their final goal. That moment that showcase of the immortal, wrestling Super Bowl. This is it, their moment to shine. Vinny's made the decision. They're heading to WrestleMania. Time to practice with precision. The crowd goes wild. They've done their job. New stars created. Their dreams are reality. An amazing feat. Eight stars if it's been rated. Unfortunately, it's all of my making, but dream I can and dream I will, my heart's still full of aching. You can take your styles, your reigns, your scenes, there's only one main event for me. I see it now, what a time to be alive, the main event of WrestleMania 35, Lana vs Eva Marie. 
Nice. He's also. I'm assuming this will be your next fantasy booking warfare topic. <laughs> anyway, I look forward to meeting you. Uh, see you soon. I look forward to meeting you one day, Luke. Lots of love, Andy. I knew the joke finish was coming, but I thought he was gonna like keep on building it up and say the pre-show, <laughs> watched by more people. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Eva Marie versus Lana would be a great WrestleMania 35 main event. Yeah, well, they both had uh, WrestleMania matches, I think. Yeah, and that that ten woman tag thing. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like to- Total whatever. Divas versus yeah. the people who aren't on Total Divas. But we're going to call it an end there. It's at the end of this show. Thank you very much for listening. Ollie's off to do some business things, and I'm off to run this ship and make sure it doesn't crash. Like Vince McMahon is trusted Triple H just to keep everything in cruise control. You are my Triple H. (laughs) Thanks, man. Uh, But we'll see you on Saturday for the magazine review show. Love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.